0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today, on A Transforming Word.
1: What is the commitment that they're making? And like I told you guys in the beginning, a lot of times if you look at getting right with the Lord, there are going to be some things you need to stop doing and some things you need to start doing. And I would ask you to be honest with yourself. It's just you and yourself in your head right now, anyway. If you be honest, if you sitting wherever you're sitting, say, you know what, if, if I were to get right with God today, what would it require? What do I need to stop doing that I'm doing? And what should I be doing that
0: I'm not doing? A self-proclaimed Christian whose life looks no different than before Christ is likely not a true follower of Christ. That may sound like a strong judgment, but this truth is stressed in multiple places throughout scripture. As Pastor Bill will point out in today's message, when Christ comes into your life and saves you from sin, he's not just saving you from its eternal consequences, he's saving you from its oppression right here and now. Your gratitude should motivate you to put those old selfish ways to death. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Nehemiah chapter 10 as he begins his message, The New Commitment. Nehemiah
1: chapter 10, verse 1 it says, now those who placed their seal on the document were, and the first name on the list is Nehemiah, the governor, the son of Hakilah. And I'm going to stop right there. The first group, we're going to get three groups of names. I'm going to do you all a wonderful favor tonight, and I'm not going to butcher these names for you. I'm going to give you the significance of each of the groups. And the first thing I want to point out, though, as Nehemiah is the leader, He's the guy God has raised up. He's the guy that's led the way in the building of the wall of getting things back in order. And so the first guy listed is Nehemiah. And I would say to those that are listening to me tonight that are in a position of leadership, spiritual leadership in particular, um, we want to lead by example. We want to go first. I was speaking to someone recently and we were talking about the ministry of Jesus and something that marked me years ago um, in Luke's gospel. Jesus said, um, as he was laying out the the model for ministry, it says this phrase, all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. And we see that the model for Jesus was he did it and then he taught it. And it's interesting. If you go listen to the teachings of Jesus where he's commanding disciples to do, you can also go find scripture where he did what he's telling us to do. You can't find anything where he says do. That he didn't do. He tells us, die to yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. He did that. He did more than that. He took up an actual cross and actually died for you and for me. Bless his name. And so it's a good model for those that are in leadership. You're a parent. You got to do before you teach. Some parents don't think they have to do that. They just tell their kids what to do. And your kids are watching you do something different. You got to do and teach. And so Nehemiah is first up. Nehemiah, the governor. Now. The rest of the list, verses two through eight, and I'm not going to do all those names. If you would like to for fun later on, you can get a spell check and go listen to someone read them for you yourself. But uh, go down to verse eight. It says that whole list from two to eight are the priests. The priests were an important group of people in the Old Testament. The priests had a very important ministry in that they went before God on behalf of the people. And the priest would also go to the people on behalf of the Lord. If In that day, if you had to seek the Lord, many times you would go to the priest. If you were settling disputes, you would go to the priest. If you were a leper and God healed you, you had to go show yourself to the priest. If you wanted to make send an offering, make a sacrifice, you had to go to the priest. They were in a very important place and position in Israel um, for the spiritual well-being and worship of the people. And so, it's Nehemiah. Then it's this group of priests that say we're 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 part of this recommitment and they sign their names on the list. These are all people that they're, their names are going to be on the seal. So first we have the priests that are doing their part. Next, in verse nine, it says the Levites. And verses nine through 13 list a group of Levites. Again, I will not read those names to you. You're welcome to do so on your own later. But the Levites had an important role while the priests were concerned with the spiritual functions within the temple and the worship of the Lord. The Levites were concerned with the more the, the the practical task. The Levites would keep the implements and the instruments used for sacrifice clean and available and ready for use for the Lord. And so the Levites had more of a practical place of service. The priests had more of a spiritual place of service. They were both necessary for the work of the Lord to go forth, not unlike today within the church of God. There are different roles, different gifts, different abilities, different things, and they're all necessary for the work to go forth. There's those that look after the they're the concerned themselves with the care, the physical care of a building so that people can gather and worship. There are those that are taking care of the financial aspect of it. There are those that are looking after the children. There are those that are ministering the word. There are those that are bringing forth the worship and the music. And so in the same way that they had the different groups here in order that God might be worshiped according to the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. In the New Testament, New Covenant, we have much the same where they're different gifts, different people, but we're all, we're all necessary. Uh, so it's all, it's necessary that we all work together that God would be glorified, that the work of God would go forth. The third group, starting in verse 14, and it goes all the way to verse 27, it's the longest group, is the leaders. These are the leaders of the people. If you guys remember when, Uh, They were broken into groups when the the law was read and there were leaders that were going through and getting the people in the groups and helping them to understand what was being shared with them. These are the leaders of the people. Um, If I took this whole group of the priests, the Levites and the leaders, it's 84 people in all. And this is what's significant. They were all united. They were all together. They were all willing to sign their name. They were saying, we all want to get right with the Lord. We all acknowledge that we've been in sin. We have not done things God's way, but we are all collectively turning to the Lord. And I want you to know that that's always a big deal to God. The Bible says that all heaven rejoices when just one sinner repents. But what, what about when a whole nation, what about when 84 leaders decide, man, we got to get back to the, to the word of God. We got to get back to doing things God's way. Um, I mean, these are the leaders. And so they're going to influence the people that they're leading. Um, this is what God wants. I, I, I'm looking at the things that are going on in our world today and what to God that leaders would just rise up and say, man, we got to get we got to make this thing about what it's supposed to be about. Once again, we got to get back to the word of God. We have to get back to the place where the gathering is about the person of Jesus Christ and people coming to know him, that that becomes the main thing once again. Well, that's what happened here in Israel. And it brought about a revival for at this period in time. For this moment, um, the people are turned back to the Lord and things are going to be moving in the way that God wants for a little while, <laughs> unfortunately. So now in verse 28, we really start there and we'll look at the term. What is the what is the commitment that they're making? And like I told you guys in the beginning, a lot of times if, if you look at getting right with the Lord, there are going to be some things you need to stop doing. And some things you need to start doing. And I would ask you to be honest with yourself. It's just you and yourself in your head right now, anyway. Um, if you be honest, if you sitting wherever you're sitting, say, you know what? If if I were to get right with God today, what would it require of me? What do I need to stop doing that I'm doing? And what should I be doing that I'm not doing? How do I get this right? Now, obviously, there's nothing we do, we we're graced as new covenant believers is we come under the the blood of Christ, right? We the, the the Lord is, Jesus has died on the cross for us and shed his blood, and the shedding of his blood cleanses us of all of our sins, and that's how we're made right with God. The strength of the commitment, the strength of our relationship with God is not what we do, it's what he did. We know that. But if I'm going to be right with the Lord, there are things I should do and things I should not be doing. If I'm going to be restored to right standing with the Lord, there are some things I should not do. And some things I should do. So for you, what would that be? What would it look like for you to just be right where you need to be with the Lord? Let's look at what they had to do. Verse 28. Now the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the Nethanim and all those who had separated themselves from the people of the lands to the law of God, their wives, their sons and their daughters, everyone who had knowledge and understanding, these joined with their brethren. Let me stop right there. I want you to note this group, right? All the leaders that we just looked at, the priests, the Levites. Um, then it says the gatekeepers, the singers, the gatekeepers. We saw them earlier. Those are those that were charged with, you know, protection. They were watching the gates to make sure that the enemies didn't come in, that they weren't going to be, you know, uh, taken advantage of. They had the, the singers. Uh, we talked about that earlier in one of the other studies that it was important to God always Oh, it was always a part of the worship of the Lord. Music. God's always got music going on. There's music in heaven. Um, whenever God is setting something up, there's music. Um, and so you, you know, we, we want to be mindful. That's why, and, and it's interesting too, because in, if you look at all the world religions, Christianity is one of the few religions where it's, we've got music as part of our, it's not our religion, but music is part of what we do. Music is part of the 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 way we gather, the way we come together. It's a big part of what we do. And the reason that is, it's always been that way with the Lord. Um All through the Psalms, we're exhorted, encouraged, even commanded to praise him with this with the voice, praise him with the, the symbol, with the instrument and everything else. And so um, here they had the singers that were a part of it, the Nethanim. All of those, everyone that had separated themselves, notice this: they had separated themselves from the peoples of the land back to the Word of God. And this is where things had gone wrong. The Israelites were in pagan territory, and they were taking on the behaviors, the attitudes, and beliefs of those that they were around. Um, for those of you that did the Bible reading today, um, the proverb said in Proverbs thirteen twenty that he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. So important as believers, we take heed, take care who we befriend, who we make friends with, who we hang out with. And so here they now as they're getting right with God, they got to separate themselves from um, the relationships that they had. They had built relationships, things with those that were that were not walking with the Lord. And now they had to separate from that in order to come back to the word of God. And I would just say this, anybody listening if there's someone that you're friends with, someone that you're in a relationship with, that in order for you to obey God's word, you need to separate from them. Then you should separate from them to the word of God. You should be willing to do that. I, if, if, if I cannot walk with you and walk with God, I will walk with God without you. That is very important that we be able to do that. It says in Amos chapter three, verse three, how can two walk together unless they be agreed and they cannot? And I think sometimes that's why believers struggle so much, trying to walk with the Lord, but you're in intimate friendship, fellowship, and relationship with people that don't know him. And if you didn't know this, your friends that don't know the Lord, and it sounds harsh, but it's a reality, they actually are under the, the, the spiritual fatherhood of the devil. If they're not born again of the Spirit of God, they're a non-believer, they belong to the devil. So you're hanging out with Satan's little homies, his kids, wondering why you're struggling so hard in your walk with the Lord. It's not intended to be that way. And we'll see that they struggle with this. We'll see as we come to the end of the book that they fail here again and in intermarrying with pagans. But for, for now, they are separating themselves from the peoples of the land to the law of God. And they got their wives, their sons, their daughters. And they said this, everyone who had knowledge and understanding, anybody that could comprehend what was going on needed to be part of this. Then it says in verse 29, these joined with their brethren, their nobles, and entered into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law, which was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord our God and his ordinances and his statutes. I thought that was interesting. It says that they entered into a curse. And an oath. And I wonder, why would, why would anybody do that? here's the idea. In, in making this commitment, this covenant with the Lord, they're agreeing. They're saying, God, look, we're, we're committing to do this. And we know if we disobey you in the same way that if we obey you, there's a blessing upon us. We know that if we disobey, there is a curse upon us. If anybody that studies the Old Testament, you'll see that God is saying, Hey, come follow me. I want to bless you. But if you don't, and God lays out all the damage that's going to come upon them, all the all the heinous things that are going to come. And God says, so. So therefore, I'm, I'm encouraging you to come on and follow after me. Now, some people say, oh, that's a scare tactic. You know, God is, you know, telling people if they don't follow him, they're going to. God has said, that's just what's going to happen. Any parent out here, it's not a scare tactic to tell your kid. You know, don't get into drugs. It'll ruin your life. It's just a fact. If you get into drugs, it's going to ruin your life. I'm not just trying to scare you. I'm just I'm hitting you with facts. Right. If you see somebody smoking cigarettes, especially right now with covid-19 and all of that, it's like, you know, I mean, to tell someone they're smoking cigarettes, hey, that's going to damage your lungs and shorten your lifespan. Um, it's not a scare tactic. It's just a fact. And so God said, look, if, if you do it my way, I intend to bless you and I want to bless you and I bless you in all these wonderful ways. But if not, um, I, it'll be a curse upon you. They understood this. And so they said we and they entered into a curse and an oath to walk in the in God's law, which Moses had given to them uh, and all the ordinances and statutes. Verse 30, the first terms of the commitment had to do with sexual sin. That was running rampant among them. It says, we should not give our daughters as wives to the peoples of the lands, nor take their daughters for our sons. So the first issue was that they were, they were having intermarriages, believer with non-believer. Let me be clear. When the Bible forbids intermarriage, it is not interracial marriage. God is okay with black and white folk marrying. If you're, you could be whatever and whatever, you can mix and match any of the wonderful nations, tribes, tongues, and people, African and Asian, black and Hispanic, you can hook it, you can mix it all up. God just says believer and believer. So it doesn't matter what flavor you like, what color you like, believer and believer is what it has to be. And so they were getting into trouble because you had the Israelites who as parents, the parents were in charge of who their children married. If we were to give this message to our culture, we would be telling our kids uh, that you need to be careful who you marry. But in this day, the the word was to the parents. Don't give your children in marriage to unbelievers, essentially. Don't give them away. Don't don't take a. uh you know, don't, don't give your daughter to some pagan man as a wife and take a dowry for that and give your daughter over and, and make peace with a non-believer. God says not to do that. And so for you and I, the, the, if there's a trade over, if there's a crossover here for those that are single, cause if you're already married, God wants you to make it work out with the person that you're with. That's the one you're married to right now is God's will for you now. No matter how you got them, but. If you're single, right, God would say, don't, don't fool around with a non-believer. Don't even consider someone that's not equally matched with you spiritually. Someone that doesn't love the Lord as much as you do, that can't, you know, fellowship with you in the, in the most important way. God would say, I would not call believers to marry unbelievers. It says in, in, um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14, uh, Paul said, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Uh, and he goes through a whole list of how we have nothing in common with them in terms of spiritual things. And so, so here they were giving themselves in marriage with unbelievers and God said that had to stop. Um, because what would happen is, is a believer or a Jew would marry a non-believer. They would, eventually they would, they would come into the different pagan practices. Uh, and and they would fall away from the Lord and they would bring the wrath of God upon the nation of Israel because now his kids who married a nonbeliever is over there worshiping at the other temple or practicing some belief that disagrees with who they are in God. And so as as they were coming back and making this new commitment to the Lord, the first thing was that we would no longer give our children in marriage to to the people of the land, to non-believers essentially. Then it says in verse 31, if the peoples of the land brought wares or any grain to sell on the Sabbath day, we would not buy it from them on the Sabbath or on a holy day. And we would forego the seventh year's produce and exacting of every debt. The second issue that they deal with is dealing with the Sabbath day and the sabbatical year. So, Israel, in their covenant relationship with the Lord, they were to observe Sabbath rest because the Lord worked six days in creation and rested on the seventh. He said for his people, I want you to six days you work. But on the seventh day, I want it to be holy to the Lord. A day of Sabbath. I want you to rest. I don't want there to be any work. You can't buy or sell or work. And the the temptation was always this. Um, the mind tells you, I could make more money working seven days than six. There was also a sabbatical year where you would work the land for six years. And in the seventh year, you would let the, the land rest. Um, and, and, you know, you would rest the land. Then you would, then you, then you could use it again. And so they weren't observing either one. Um, they were working on the Sabbath day. They were buying and selling just like the non-believers around them. And they weren't observing the sab- sabbatical year where they weren't resting the land and doing the things that God had told them to do. And so they said, hey, hey we're going to get back to that, too. We're going to observe the Sabbath day. And, you know, we won't buy and sell on those days. And we're going to forego the seventh year produce and exacting up every debt. There was there was a time that came where they were supposed to release People of their debts, the year of Jubilee. And they said, we, we, you know, we're going to observe all the things that we stop doing that we're supposed to do. We're going to do. What would this look like for you and I for Israel? Again, we're not under the same law, essentially, that they were, but they're realizing in our lives we've been marrying whoever we want. Just dis- even though we disagree with God, we're going to get back to honoring God in that area. We've not honored God's Sabbath where we rest a certain day and we rest the land because it takes trust. It takes faith to say, I'm going to not work on that day and rest, but I could be making money there. I see the they're out there working, making money, but I'm, I'm going to rest. It takes faith to trust that God will make up the difference. It's obedience. And the Bible says that obedience to God is better than sacrifice. Uh, He wants our obedience. He deserves our obedience. So they're saying. They're acknowledging that this is the area where they've sinned and they're going to make it right. And I wonder if anyone listening would say, you know, there's parts of my life where I know God wanted me to do this here. God wanted my time over there, but I didn't give it to the Lord. I did because I didn't want to or I'm immersed in something else. I didn't give that to the Lord. But if I were to recommit my life to God, Yeah, there'd be some there'd be some areas where I got to give some time to God, where I've I've taken some time that belongs to the Lord and use it for other things. I got to give it back to the Lord. There have definitely been times in my life where I recognize I was taking time that belonged to the Lord and giving it to other things. And and I've had that I've been hit with that conviction at, at different junctures of my walk with the Lord when I have to repent. And I have to give that back. Um, I've shared many times a story with you guys where I was, you know, getting all into my fish tanks and I had my saltwater reef fish tank. And I, I had a book about all the reef creatures and I was reading that book. And in and, and, and the time that I would normally spend, you know, on in the bathroom, isolating because I had little kids and that's where I would go read my Bible, whatever I, I had this time taken my 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 sea creature book. And my wife just kind of cracked the door open and slid my Bible onto the table. And she could have put 10 knives through me. It was like, ah! and I I ended up selling my fish tank on Craigslist back then. And and I've never had a fish tank since then. So because I'm guilty of when I get into stuff, I get into it a whole lot. And so there have been times where God's like, hey, man, pull that. Give me give me back my time, bro. Bring that back. And maybe you're listening and you would say, you know what? I I got to take some of that time and give that back to the Lord. That's what they had done here. God said, I gave you and I gave you seven days. You give me one. You know, I'm not taking all of it. I mean, you got six days to do your thing and then give me that day for them, the day of Sabbath. Give me that rest day and give me that rest year for the land. And so um, so um they were committing to make things right in these areas, to get these things back in order. Now, the rest of what they're going to be dealing with all deal with, Aspects of their worship to the Lord that were out of sync. Verse thirty-two and thirty-three. It says, "Also, we were we made ordinances for ourselves to exact from ourselves yearly one third of a shekel for the service of the house of our God, for the showbread, for the regular grain offerings, for the regular burnt offerings of the Sabbaths, the new moons, and the and the set feasts." For the holy things, for the sin offerings, to make atonement for Israel and for all the work of the house of God. And so what they had not been doing, they had not been giving. And this is a, a touchy subject then, and it's a touchy subject now.
0: That's all we have time for today on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill has been teaching through the book of Nehemiah, the last historical book of the Old Testament. If you missed part of today's teaching, or if you'd like to hear more from this study, visit CalvaryInglewood.org. You'll find all of Pastor Bill's messages there, plus more information about the ministry of A Transforming Word. In various times through this book, Nehemiah seeks out the Lord in prayer. Is there something related to this teaching that reminded you of something you'd like prayer for in your life? If so, let us know, give us a call, or send a text to 310-245-4811. That's 310 245 If you prefer a different way of reaching us, you can fill out the contact form on our website. Again, that's calvaryenglewood.org. If you're not already connected with a local church family, we'd like to invite you to join us this weekend at Calvary Chapel Inglewood. You can find all the information you need at our website, including service times, directions, and information about the church. You can even find links to stream our services or watch previous messages online. That website again is CalvaryEnglewood.org. Thanks for spending time in the Word and feel free to read ahead in the book of Nehemiah. Pastor Bill has more to share about the heart of Nehemiah for his countrymen and for the Lord. So be sure to join us right here on A Transforming Word.